People who are always moving, with no roots in one place or another, avoid responsibilities and cares. This quote is attributed to Publilius Sirius, a Syrian-born slave who was brought to Rome in the first century BC. Through his wit, he won the favor of his owner, who granted Publilius his freedom and gave him an education. This quote from Publilius evoked the image of a rolling stone, which became a shorthand for an itinerant person. Prior to the Industrial Revolution, peat moss was a common fuel source that was used for heating homes in the winter. However, a nomadic rolling stone would not likely have needed to gather moss. And so the phrase, a rolling stone gathers no moss, was born. Or at least that's one theory. The phrase remained popular over the years, especially in music. In 1915, union activist Joe Hill referenced it in his will, which was written in the form of a song, stating, My kin don't need to fuss and moan. Moss does not cling to a rolling stone. The 1948 song Lost Highway by Hank Williams opens with the line, I'm a rolling stone, all alone and lost. But in 1950, blues legend Muddy Waters released the song Rollin' Stone, an interpretation of catfish blues which dates back to 1920s Mississippi. The Muddy Waters song had a major impact. While on a phone call with a journalist, guitarist Brian Jones was asked for the name of his new band. Looking around, Jones saw a Muddy Waters LP on the floor, inspiring Jones to name the band The Rolling Stones. The Muddy Waters track also inspired a certain song written by Bob Dylan, which in turn inspired the name of a magazine founded in San Francisco in 1967. For almost six decades, Rolling Stone magazine has been the preeminent publication for music, news, and reviews. It has launched the careers of notable industry figures like Cameron Crowe, Patti Smith, Kurt Loder, and Hunter S. Thompson. In 2003, the magazine first published a list ranking what it called the 500 greatest albums of all time. As new music continued to be released, the list was updated in 2012 and again in 2020. Now, this nearly 2,000-year-long history has finally culminated with this podcast. Hello, and welcome to Please No Moss, the podcast about Rolling Stone Magazine's 2020 list of the 500 greatest albums of all time. Each episode, we'll be discussing one of the albums from that list. That was Derek. And I'm your other host, Patrick. Today's episode is meant to briefly introduce you to us, the show, and give you some background on Rolling Stone's list of the 500 greatest albums. So if you're listening to this episode of the podcast, you probably don't know who we are because we haven't released any episodes yet. But if you actually, given the size of our listenership, you probably actually do know who we are. (laughs) Before about 2026, I think you probably do know who we are. But in case, you know, people are going back into the archives, starting in episode zero, let's just give a little background into what we're all about, especially as it relates to music. So Derek, what's what's your relationship with music? You have ears. That's a good start. Where'd you go from there? I'm just like most people with music, their musical experience. I'm not like a music critic. And I know neither are you. You know, I think our both of our musical experiences are pretty similar in that we played a brass instrument in high school and haven't picked grade school. In grade school. Yeah. Oh, well, okay. So I guess I got one up on you there. Although I have, you know, played around from time to time with kind of like little groove box, jam box kind of things, making, quote, electronic music, quote. So yeah, I mean, I I definitely listened to a lot of albums on this 500 list growing up just as a product of being, you know, working in the shop with the radio on with my dad. So I'm excited to see here again a lot of songs that I knew but probably didn't know anything about and maybe learn something about the albums I don't. I mean, just that's just what the world needs. Another podcast hosted by two white guys in their 30s. But I will say we are both Rock and Roll Hall of Fame attendees, so mm-hmm. we do have that going for us. But like, what kind of music do you listen to? It's probably a bit cliche to say like anything but country, but like really anything but modern country rap. 
Because I mean, like even like old like Western music, I really like that too. So I think you know I, what I listen to day to day is a lot of like yeah classic rock from there into like prog rock, electronic music, old soul, jazz, funk into like newer interpretations of that. I don't know vaporwave to whatever other genre. I'm just kind of looking for something that seems like it's been put together that has something new to offer. I mean, that's great. I feel like I've teamed up with the right guy for this podcast. Because uh, I, I mostly listen to podcasts when I'm listening to something on the bus or whatever. When I do listen to music, it's usually just like classic rock, like Led Zeppelin or... I got into the second wave ska the last couple of years. I've been really good at that. But that's, I mean, sort of one of the big reasons why I wanted to do this podcast was to expand my musical horizons. Because I feel like I've been in a bit of musical funk lately, which is obviously separate from funk music. Although it shouldn't be. I need to, I need to get some funk music to get out of my funk. We'll get there. I certainly hope so. I mean, that's the kind of thing is like I a lot of the albums on here are some of my favorites, but I really kind of want to get out of my comfort zone a little bit, I guess. I mean, that's what like sort of got me interested in a podcast in general, besides just the idea of broadening my musical horizons was because I would, you know, I stumbled across this list and you know, I was going through it and I was surprised to not only find albums that I was unfamiliar with, but entire bands that I hadn't heard of before. So should we talk about the Rolling Stones list, the 500? itself you know they put it together but how do they decide what are the 500 best albums of all time sure so back in 2003 when they were putting the first list together they basically sent out surveys to a bunch of industry figures musicians critics you know that that sort of people and then everybody who responded submitted a list of 50 albums and then there was over 1600 submitted titles that they accumulated through that survey. And then they sort of ranked everything, weighed it, weighing the votes. So some um, unpaid intern was going through Excel and making this list. Yeah. And so in 2003, they released the top 500, the list of the top 500 vote, vote getters, basically. And it's, I, you know, I'll say, you know, we're 20 years out now from that 2003 list. And I will say, it got a lot of criticism, and I think it was a deserved criticism. It's, you know, very much a list of albums that your dad probably listened to. It's mostly white male music from the 70s, like a lot of classic rock, things like that. The artist with the most albums on that list in 2003 was the Beatles with nine. They had four albums in the top 10. Does that seem a little gratuitous? That seems insane. So in 2012, they said, hey, we've had nine years of new music come out let's update that list but they didn't do a new survey entirely they wanted they kept the votes from the 2003 list and just added some new votes related to albums that had come out within the last nine years just Um, a small update yeah basically so the 2012 list is very similar to the 2003 list the top 20 are identical there's only 39 new entries from the previous list. A good chunk, 126 albums have the exact same ranking on both lists. Although instead of the Beatles now, the artist with the most albums is now Bob Dylan with 11. The biggest jump of an album from 2003, from the 2003 list was Radiohead's Kid A. What'd that move from into? It moved from number 428 all the way up to 67. Conversely, the biggest drop was the Beatles' Let It Be, which went from number 86 to number 392. So, sorry, is that Excel you have on your screen there? It seems like you have... Just oh, yeah, I put together a very detailed spreadsheet. We'll get into some of these more specific 
statistics when we get into the episodes. But the other thing that I wanted to mention about the 2012 list was that the highest ranked album that was released after the previous list was Kanye West's Late Registration, which came in at number 118. So finally, in 2020, which now is the list that we're going to talk about, they scrapped the 2012-2003 lists and sent out an entirely new survey and did not consider the results from the previous lists. So on this new 2020 list, there are 269 new entries that weren't on either of the 2003 or 2012 lists. And while there are some things that caused me to raise an eyebrow, I think that this 2020 list is a big improvement. It's much less a dad music list. It's got a lot more diversity in genres. So you think it's a result of them changing who they pull? Uh, that could very well be. I don't know who they pull. I think it's the same sort of industry figures, but I think it also sort of reflects the sort of the change in tastes and what people's influences have been, you know, currently versus what they were back in 2003. So only two albums have the same ranking as the previous list, as opposed to like 160 some back in the 2012 list. A lot more changes. Yeah, here. there's 320 albums by white artists. That's 51 fewer than the 2012 list. There's almost double the number of female artists, which is great. One interesting thing is sort of the distribution by decade. So normally you would expect, you would sort of just expect it naturally to be a sort of normalized distribution where, you know, only the like really strong influential albums from the past are remembered. And then you sort of have a peak in the middle and then very recent albums haven't had a lot of opportunity to influence people. So you wouldn't really expect a lot there either. So you get this sort of... Yeah, who's going to say this album that came out last week is one of the greatest five exactly. of all time? So you get the sort of... You would expect sort of a bell curve. But one thing that's interesting is there's a dip in the 80s. The I feel like the music from the 80s is underrepresented on this list. So there's 157 albums from the 70s, 71 albums from the 80s, and then 103 in the 90s. It seems like something's off there. I can't wait till we have our first dip episode. <laughs> it's just what you'd expect. You know, I'm not saying that, oh, we, all of these albums from the 80s should be on the list by default. It's just, it seems unusual, just purely from a numbers standpoint. Any other demographic sort of uh, stats we want to handle at the top here? Speaking of sort of the most recent albums, there are some albums from as recent as 2019 on the list. So we got Harry Styles' Fine Line, Lana Del Rey's Norman Fucking Rockwell, Billie Eilish's When We All Fall Asleep, Where Do We Go? Those are all from 2019. Should they belong on the list? I mean, I'm maybe I'm just an out-of-touch millennial, and I don't listen to this music, so I don't know. But We'll get there. We'll get there. And we hope that you can about. join with us. Either you listen to the episode and be like, oh my God, these are the two biggest idiots on the internet, which is a great award. Thank you. <laughs> or maybe you'll learn something new like we did. So the highest ranked new album on the list is Kendrick Lamar's To Pimp a Butterfly. Some other new high ranked albums. We've got Beyonce's Lemonade, Kate Bush's Hounds of Love, Frank Ocean's Blonde. We're seeing a lot of new like black and female artists up on the list where conversely, these sort of old white men are being removed from the list and it's like i said dad music albums that are ranked highly that were dropped from the list you've got captain beefheart's trout mask replica fresh cream by cream I'm sure my dad would be incensed because of, some of those albums are the ones like i said at the intro out of our, to out of our heads by the rolling stones also dropped from the list so yeah i think just in general just bringing in a lot of new blood to the list and you know making it fresh and not filled with all of these albums from the 60s and 70s yeah well i appreciate so great recognition the other new thing about the 2020 list is there's a new number one album so previously on the 2003 and 2012 list the beatles sergeant peppers lonely hearts club band was the number one album on both lists but in 2020 
that was replaced by Marvin Gaye's What's Going On. And so that is what we're going to be kicking things off with next time as we dive into that new number one album. And tell you what is going on. Until then... Keep on rolling. Jeez, Derek, this sounds like a lot of work. Are we really going to listen to all 500 albums? Maybe halfway through, like, please, no mas. 